Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers. And engineer your future at Deloitte. All right. It's another Carolina podcast. Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark finally found just a couple minutes to steal away to give me so that we could convey all that's happened in the last couple of weeks to all of you fine listeners. I'm your host, Pearson Fowler. Thanks for joining us. And if you like what we do here and you want to hear a lot more of it, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. That really helps. That's the best way to support the podcast if you want to do that. Another busy show for you all today. And like I mentioned, Wes and Chris are extremely busy. They got a couple days off and then another round of camp starts up tomorrow and goes through Saturday. Uh, so just wanted to be sure to check in with them in the meantime. To recap, five more official visits to South Carolina had this past weekend and two weekends of camp and give you a little preview of what is going to be coming up in terms of the campers that are going to be in Columbia Wednesday to Saturday of this week. We're recording this on a Tuesday, by the way. Wes and Chris, how y'all sleeping? Um, Okay, I guess. Pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. Okay. Like yeah. getting normal better. amounts. I guess quality is probably good because you're tired. Yeah. I wouldn't say normal amounts, but the actual quality of sleep has been like like out, you know? So I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm cool. Okay. All right. Great. So come this Saturday when camps finally wrap up, all the officials slow down. Are y'all going to sleep through Sunday straight to Monday? You think? Probably not. But yeah. I um because we'll, there'll be more official visitors. We'll be tracking on Sunday. Uh, we'll be trying to catch up with guys. the The thing about covering camp is that you're covering camp, so you're actually there. So then you're like, okay, now I need to like figure out some content from this because it, it goes all day long. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll be doing content probably all next week um, from you know this week. And at some point, um, I believe we can go ahead and announce this, Chris. At some point, me and Chris are actually having our 40-yard dash um, race. Really? At the end of camp. Okay, so you're still uh, in on it then. Our Is that fir- Saturday? Our first, first annual First um, we've talked about it every year. Yes, but we've never forty yard. Maybe dash we'll graduate race. eventually to a full combine, so we can show off our ten inch verticals. Yeah, <laughs> at, at camp. So I want to get in on that, but I'm not going to be here Saturday. So we'll let everyone know who wins. Well, we got to get a video of it. That yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll, post we'll get a video. We'll get somebody some to video social media or Gamecock Central or something. Yeah. yeah. All right, so lots of good content coming from y'all, football and otherwise. And if you don't want to miss any of it, be sure to subscribe to Gamecock Central. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast right now, here's a little insider secret for you, an exclusive podcast code, GCPOD. That gets you a month of Gamecock Central subscriber access for free. So if you want to make sure to not miss anything that these guys are putting out, whether it's a video of their race or all the inside scoop on all the campers and official visits to South Carolina, GC Pod is the best way to do that. And without further ado, guys, the past week in Carolina had five more official visitors, Alex Huntley, Eric Shaw, Elijah Roberts, Tonka Hemingway, and Janari Dean. We're just going to go exactly in that order. We talked about Alex Huntley a little bit last week after he committed to South Carolina. He's a four-star, 6'4", 285 right down the road at Hammond School, Columbia, South Carolina. How does official visit go? 
Yeah, I think it went, you know, as well as it possibly could have. Um, obviously, he's already firmly committed, and I think probably I would imagine has seen most of what he saw before, you know, on the official visit. But just a chance for him to roll over to, you know, campus and hang out with future teammates. I think that's maybe one of the more underrated part of the official visits is just spending time with the guys, um, you know. And, and for, for Alex, I think it was a little bit of a recruiting trip as far as him recruiting other guys. Obviously, Tonka Hemingway was on campus as well for his official visit, which we'll get to. But, you know, Alex wanted to sort of do all he could to make him feel comfortable, make the other guys feel comfortable. He, uh, you know, said after he committed that's something he wants to do is recruit other guys. And I think he's, Chris, I think he's got the personality to do that. Um, as we talked about, he's a very sharp kid, um, you know, kind of uh, fits that role pretty well, I think, with Luke Doty. And you see, um, you know, we talked about this big five of in-state guys, Luke Doty, Tyshawn Wanamaker, now Alex Huntley in the boat. And then, uh, you know, I think you look at Tonka Hemingway and then obviously Jordan Birch being the remaining two. So, um Tonka was on campus. Alex was on campus uh, working him over. So I uh, I think it was a good weekend for Alex Huntley for everything you hear. Yeah, he, he definitely has that leadership ability. Um, you know, you're talking about a student body president at Hammond and, um, you know, a guy who really one of, the deci- one of the reasons he wanted to get his decision out of the way, like Wes said, was so he could recruit some guys. So, you know, I spotted him in the indoor facility towards the end of camp. Uh, one of the days out there when when all the guys were sort of in there watching the uh, one-on-ones for the offensive line and defensive line, and he was sort of ch- chatting up Tonka a little bit. And, uh, you know, some of the families were intermingling there. So I think that was a, a positive thing in terms of Hemingway and Huntley, definitely a guy that, you know, there's there's no concern. I mean, there's no, not going to be any drama there or anything like that, and, and that's the biggest reason he jumped in. We talked about it a little bit with Luke Doty as someone that has just sort of I don't know, seemingly appointed himself as the ambassador for this class. And we see, we hear talk of, you know, other guys recruiting. And obviously, if you're Alex Huntley, if you're anybody that's committed to South Carolina, you probably want other guys that are good to come help you be good. Um, And maybe it's because I'm just a little bit more on the ground with this. And by on the ground, I mean doing it with you guys, a little bit more connected to recruiting than I have been in the past. But it seems like there are more guys in this class that are sort of proselytizing on behalf of South Carolina and being way more active and trying to get other guys, you know, that they know either from playing with them or just other guys from their class into South Carolina. Is this, I don't know, sort of like a resurgence of energy from the recruits for Carolina or does this always happen? I just haven't paid as much attention to it. I wouldn't say it always happens. I think some classes you have more than, you know, you have it more than others. Obviously Ryan Helensky was, um, instrumental last year in, in trying to convince other guys to join him at South Carolina. Um, you you always, you always want your quarterback, I feel like, to have the personality to do that. Um, when you look at a guy like Luke or, or Ryan Helensky, the fact that they're both highly recruited, I think, gives them a little bit more credibility with other prospects as well. Um, so that helps. And then, you know, I think throwing in a guy like Alex Huntley is just, um, that's a bonus, that's cherry on top type stuff. And I don't know. I don't know if you can ever actually quantify how much it helps. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know if anybody's like truly joining South Carolina because of those guys. But I think it helps as far as it doesn't hurt certainly, and it could help as far as just comfort level and being on the ground. You know, as far as having an answer of what it's really like on campus for guys. You know, Luke's been on campus so many times. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't even fathom a guess. If you really start to think about how many times Luke Doty has visited, Alex has been there a bunch too. And, um, 
you know, that helps. And I, I think you're starting to see guys buy in, um, not that they weren't before, but um, current players recruiting. I, uh, I just thought about it on Sunday. How often does J.C. Horn get mentioned? Even if he's not the, like, official host, J.C. Horn gets mentioned by these guys all the time as in, hey, I talked to J.C. Horn, I talked to J.C. Horn, J.C. Horn talked to me while I was on my visit. So you're seeing buy-in, I think, from guys that are on campus as well who are excited about the program. And, um, again, don't know how much you, you know, if you can quantify how much it helps, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah, well, and, and thank you for uh, deciphering my poorly worded question, because that's exactly what I was getting at. Just just talking about the energy, it just seems like there is more buy-in than there mm-hmm. has been in the past, which I think is just speaks to a very healthy state of the program, a healthy direction in which the program's going, and a healthy state of recruiting especially. Yeah, and sometimes you see, I mean, we've, we've heard stories in the past just covering this, and I don't mean South Carolina, but at some other places, maybe you're going through some turmoil, where you'll hear about some kids going to visit schools, and the players on the current team are like things aren't so hot here you know they're pretty honest about it and so that's normally an awful sign that's a really really bad sign yeah very bad sign but it does happen and so you know what you what you hear at South Carolina a lot is you know uh, they'll do a good job of trying to match guys who are coming in on visits with other sort of like-minded personalities so not necessarily positionally but just if someone's an extrovert sticking uh, with another extrovert. yeah and and, I mean a lot of times it's positional just because they want to you know you want to be able to give a guy a sense of if he's an offensive lineman, well, what is Eric Wolford really like? You know, he recruits me, you know, but what is he really like? But, you know, for instance, they, they brought in an offensive lineman the other day and, and they put him with uh, a couple players who were a lot like him who were offensive linemen, but also Ryan Holinsky and Luke Doty were with him. And so um, so then you had a, a prospect in, in the same class and then you also had a, a current quarterback so who's been sort of an ambassador too. So we've seen those things. Um Another thing they do on the official visits is they have not only can the players sort of talk just with their host player while they're on campus, while they're at dinner, at camp, whatever it may be, but they have an actual player panel. And so um, they'll have a few players that get up and, and basically sort of tell how things are and they'll answer questions, you know, from players or their families. We see that a lot. Um, I think J.C. Horn's been on one of those. Uh, Israel McQuamu is a guy who's super involved with the program. He's been on it before. And so um, they do that, and uh, and then Marcus Lattimore having him as sort of a cornerstone of the program, the beyond football aspect is something that they also do that appeals to recruits and their families. Next guy up, since I mentioned we talked a lot about Boogie already, and he's committed to South Carolina. Sounds like his visit was good all around. Next guy we got on the list is a 6'5", tight end prospect, Eric Shaw, 205 pounds out of Alabama. How did his official go? Seemed to go really well. Um you know, he, he's been on campus before, and South Carolina got him back for the official. Got in on him pretty early, and then some other schools like LSU and Auburn uh, also got in on him. Now, he has offers to play on the defensive side of the ball in college. A lot of programs like him on defense. South Carolina is one that likes him on offense. I think LSU likes him as a tight end. Um, he's got a lot of upside on that side of the ball. You mentioned his size. He's got a frame that could put on a lot more weight. He's athletic. He's got 11-inch hands. I mean, you could see him walking around camp the other day. His hands are just huge. And so um, it's just crazy. But, um, I mean, that's like bigger than offensive line hands, you know. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. So he's a guy that they like a lot. And I think he had a really good visit. Gave South Carolina some stag power. will probably go take some others. But I think they're, they're firmly in the mix there. Probably one of the top you know, three to five, if I had to venture a guess. I don't think he's really naming any leaders right now, but certainly South Carolina's up there. 
and said he had the time of his life. So I think anytime pretty good. a guy says that, yeah. um, that that means a lot. And, you know, I think you, you go back to, I think his first visit was for the spring game. Um, I know he was in town for the spring game. I don't remember if that was his first one or not. But um, he raved about that visit, too, I feel like. And, you know, I think he's sort of become a, a major priority for South Carolina and is a versatile guy. I think, I think you can kind of see um, – you know, we talked about Jaheim Bell the week before, um, and then Eric Shaw this week. You can kind of see what they're looking for at tight end. Um, you know, both those guys are very athletic or more of your pass catch. You know, if, if we were doing our NCAA football uh, recruiting thing that you like, Pearson, they would definitely be on the pass catch side of the tight end um, area. Guys, you move around. Um, you know, they have to put, put a little bit of weight on their frame when they get to college, but um, ball skills uh, can do a bunch of different things. So I think you look at Bell and Eric Shaw, they're very similar players as far as being able to do that, and that gives you an idea of sort of what they're prioritizing at that position, I think. An 11-inch hand certainly helps you catch a football. Which Do you all know the dimensions of a football offhand? No. I have no idea. But that seems like bigger, like significantly bigger than a football. That's like bigger than most people's feet. Yeah. That's, that's large. Um, all right, so headed into the weekend – the rivals uh, future cast had him going to Auburn. He's got an impressive uh, offer list from Auburn, Florida, Georgia Tech, LSU, Kentucky, both the Mississippi schools, Notre Dame, Nebraska, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas A&M, a whole bunch of, you know, interesting offers. Do you feel like, I mean, he said he had the time of his life. Do you get any sense that that has changed? Do you think he's still most likely headed to Auburn? No, I, I don't know. It, it's tough to, it's tough to figure out. I mean, you know, I think certainly Auburn's in there being an in-state program. I think, I think one one aspect of it is you got to sort of figure out, okay, what what does he want to play? You know, I mean that that matters um, when you, when you throw all those things in, and when it gets down to crunch time, you know, some other schools may say, hey, you can play wherever you want, or we'll recruit you at this specific position, or you can pick your position. You see that sometimes. So, um, I don't really have a great sense for it. I don't know if Auburn's the front runner per se. Um, I don't think this is clear. You know, I think he had a great visit to South Carolina, but he is probably going to go take some others, and so they have to survive those. I know Tennessee made a big impression when he went and visited there recently. I think he went to A&M recently, LSU, Auburn. So a bunch of SEC schools are in the mix there. Better chance that Eric Shaw or Jaheim Bell ends up in South Carolina's class. Man, you know what? I would still it, – it. this sounds silly because almost because he's – already committed somewhere else but i still say bell right now he i just of think, course committed to florida for he's committed to listen. florida but um and probably going to take some other visits i just think that the feedback there was even a little bit stronger you know stronger just, than time of my life yeah yeah well time of my he life time is, of my life and my next life time of my time of my life was in like an interview setting and that was certainly a positive i'm not like diminishing it but i just think just based on some other things and look bell i mean you know, he went back to Florida the week after South Carolina. It was for a team seven on seven tournament, but um, and and he is gonna, you know, it's not like he went ahead and flipped to South Carolina, put something out on Twitter, all that kind of thing. I mean, he's still maybe gonna take some other officials. He's gonna prolong the process a little bit more, so that that always leaves sort of that margin for error and some room for things to change. Um, but 
I don't know. That, if if I had to say, that's the one I would pick. Yeah, and Florida's Shame. never lost a commit either, so you know, you should just <laughs> right. you should just catch they have that a full check. class full of decommitments. It seems like every year, <laughs> Florida, really Miami. Do. It's just sort of a standard thing. Yeah. That's how it is. Well, speaking of Miami, next guy up on our list, Elijah Ooh. Roberts, six four, two hundred seventy pound defensive end out of Miami. Uh, that's right a good now, segue a, there. huh? That's a good segue. It's I like, like I do this for a living or something. <laughs> Uh, right now, the fan future cast has Miami at 41%. The official rivals future cast says none. Uh, but what did he think about South Carolina this weekend? In which way you think he's leaning? Yeah, he loved it. I think, I mean, just my gut feeling, I'd probably still lean back towards Miami. Um, but, you know, this is a guy that had never been to campus before. Um, you know, I don't think we were really tracking him that much. It, it came sort of out of nowhere with the official visit. And um, <clears throat> it was just sort of genuinely blown away at what South Carolina had to offer. And I think, you you know, you see that fairly often with guys from out of state and certainly that are from a ways away like Miami. They get to South Carolina and they look at the facilities and they look at what they have in place, um, you know, on campus with the academics and uh, the graduation rates. And they're like, okay, you know, this is this is big-time football. So I, I think he was he was blown away. Um, there's a prior relationship there between his father and Travaris Robinson. They're actually from um, about the same area uh, growing up and, uh, you know, he's got a great relationship with Mike Peterson, who he really liked and was involved with him this weekend. So, I, you know, I think they're in it, but I also think, um, you know, he's going to take more visits, and we'll, we'll just see where it plays out. And, and I think you look at the other defensive linemen South Carolina is very highly involved with more locally and that they're in really good shape with a lot of these guys, um, you know, who we'll talk about one of them here shortly. Uh, it's just going to depend on – there's so many different variables and factors that are going to play into this. Um you know, we'll see. But, but again, another positive visit, and you just sort of uh, see where it goes from there. Now, I've heard you say this several times about out-of-state guys, and you mentioned that you hear this a lot from out-of-state guys, that they're blown away with Carolina, that they're really surprised. Is that more a result of guys comparing their visit to South Carolina to other schools and being like, wow, South Carolina is impressive compared to Arkansas, Florida, Florida State, Louisville, Miami, Nebraska, or is it wow, I really came in and expected this to be a dump because four years ago they won three games and it's actually exceeding my expectations. No, I think it's just more they know South Carolina is an SEC program, but from a status standpoint it's probably not on the level of uh, you know Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, stuff like that. So when they get here and they're like, okay, this is a bona fide SEC program. And, you'll, you know, I, I made a point to ask um, some – coaches or, or you know people that were in town high school coaches with guys uh, for camp that had been because you know these guys go to camps all over and I was like what do you think about what South Carolina has going on um, compared to other places and the most conservative people the answer was South Carolina's is as good as anywhere I've been you know and that's comparing it to you know Alabama's other world um, the more you know, less conservative is, you know, this is as nice as we've been or this is right up there with anywhere else we've ever been, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I, I think for South Carolina, it's about eliminating, eliminate the things you don't have. So um, eliminate anything that somebody else can use against you as a negative. And the football ops building does that. I think they've pretty much eliminated everything that can be used against them except for history. You can't change your history. You can't change your tradition. That's That just is what it is. That comes with winning. But other than that, every every other box gets checked at South Carolina. And I think what you have with kids, especially, you know, a Miami kid, 
he probably doesn't really have any frame of reference for South Carolina. And he's never been to campus, and this isn't a guy that, like, has some teammate that's here or, you know, former teammate, I mean, that's already on campus or anything like that uh, that has a connection. So he probably has no idea what to expect. And, frankly, you know, he's a Miami kid, and it's not like Miami's facilities are, are all that great. So he's probably, you know, he's taken multiple visits to Miami from what I've read. He gets to South Carolina, he's like, wow, this is a step above what I've seen multiple times at Miami. And, you know, it gets you thinking, did they land him or not? Who knows? But um, it's a good place for South Carolina to be in. The football ops building is just, uh, you know, I, I hate it's to insane. be. Yeah, like I, I hate to say it's a game changer because that's what they, you know, they kept saying when they built it. Um, that, that just feels lazy to me, but it, it kind of is. It's like compared to, and it's the entire, it's the entire athletic campus over there, I believe they're calling it. Um is it the Rice Athletic? It's the Rice, yes. Yes. Make sure the you Rice give it the proper sponsorship. Campus, <laughs> um, which involves the Jerry and Steve Spurrier indoor, then the McNair football practice facility, and the long football ops building. Just the entire presentation of all that compared to what it was a decade ago is, uh, you know, insane. And I, I think you're seeing that payoff. So, Chris, I'll, I'll, let me ask you this because – Roberts is he's a three-star guy but he's got a good offer list he's from Miami you know South Florida so Carolina's competing with Miami with Florida with a bunch of other schools down there and if Carolina gets him he could end up being I don't know is it fair to say that fifth most heralded defensive lineman in this class yeah behind behind Huntley behind Birch if they get Birch behind Murphy behind yeah. maybe Tonka Hemingway yeah. I mean, the, that Carolina, and we mentioned this uh, the other day, I don't remember specifically who we were talking about, but that Carolina could be talking about a three-star, uh, you know, a high three-star defensive end out of South Florida with an impressive offer list being not one of your three or four best defensive linemen really just speaks to the strength of this class, right? Yeah, it does. And, I mean, that that's the biggest thing that, one of the biggest points of emphasis, I guess you could say, since Muschamp arrived, is just trying to change around, flip the lines of scrimmage, and I think they made a lot of progress doing that. But um, this is an important class to continue to build the defensive line because um, it's it's got some really good talent just right in your backyard, which th- there's typically that, you know, in North Carolina, South Carolina, not every year, but a lot of times, more often than not, there's going to be a lot of defensive line talent in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, and so it's important for them to do well with those guys, especially the ones that are close to home. So Alex Huntley, Jordan Birch, Miles Murphy, like you mentioned, Desmond Evans is another out of North Carolina, got McKee Scott committed, and then they'll dip down into Florida sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it speaks to the quality of that. They had another good defensive line class that they've already brought in in 2019, got some other key pieces that have that have been on the roster and have been developing. So that's what you have to do is continue stacking those classes and, um, you know, like Wes said, I, I don't know if Roberts is a guy they end up getting, but they made a big impression. I think they're going to sign a good defensive line class regardless. They're not going to turn away any any talents, you know, that they can that they can get on that side of the ball because it's such a prime uh, needed position. One more defensive lineman to talk about because he was also making his official to South Carolina this weekend, and that's Tonka Hemingway just from up the road and Conway, three-star defensive end, 6'2", 260 right now futurecast has him very solidly as a south carolina commit how did his visit go 
Yeah, it went well. Um, hosted by Zach Pickens. You know, I think he was pushing the in-state angle quite a bit. Uh, no coincidence that they put a fellow highly recruited in-state defensive lineman on Taka in, in this case. And Taka's not a guy that's you're not going to get much out of him. He's not going to say much. Um, I don't think he enjoys interviews all that much. I, I don't even really think he enjoys the recruiting process all that much, frankly. You know, um, he's just so involved with so many other things. You're talking about a football player, basketball player, baseball player. Um, he's an honor society kid, Spanish honor society. Um, just so involved with so many other things in his life. I don't think that this is the first time recruiting has sort of been put, um, you know, on the front burner, I think. And, uh, you know, I think it went great. I think South Carolina is in great shape. He visited North Carolina uh, the weekend prior, was at South Carolina this week. He really didn't even say what other schools he was going to go to. He does want to take a few more officials possibly. Um, but he's eyeing August as a decision. That's sort of what he's been eyeing for a while, sort of privately, I think. And um, sounds like he's going to stick to that. But I, I think South Carolina is in really good shape. And, and people just got to be it's got to be patient. You know, I know everybody – wants him to commit, um, you know, right when he's on campus or commit right after, and then they get frustrated that they don't. But he's, uh, though, you know, some people know who I'm speaking to. And um, he uh, he's he's had August, though, as the date for a while. So I, I think um, that's that's his plan, and he, you know, it's his right to stick to that. So, But I, I think at the end of the day, Carolina will get pretty good news there. I, I don't know if I can add anything to that. Perfect. I mean, That's Hemingway's great. a man of few words, and uh, I think sort of everybody feels good about where South Carolina stands. I don't really know if there's anything to add. I good nailed it with what you're saying. Pretty much nailed Crushed it. Crushed it. Knocked yeah, it out of the just park. Just left well, me speechless. <laughs> uh, last guy up, and, and not a whole lot to say about this guy, because uh, Janari Dean, three-star safety out of uh, Batesville, Mississippi, actually committed to Mississippi State last night. Well, let me just ask it to you like this. Was Carolina a long shot even coming into the weekend? And do you expect his recruitment to be reopened at any point in the process? I, I don't think so as, in terms of reopening. Um, I don't think it was a big surprise what happened. Um, I think the distance just won out there. Um, South Carolina was definitely a factor. I mean, they, they'd been recruiting him for a while since they offered. Um, built a pretty good relationship. Liked him as a running back. Liked him as a safety. Um, he observed the defensive backs in camp the other day because he sort of has shifted to want to play defensive back. South Carolina, you know, liked him as an athlete, as a football player, thought he could play defensive back as well. Sort of a lean class for DBs, so they would have gladly had him in the class. Um, really, it was Carolina and Mississippi State going in. Georgia tried to make a last-minute push. Uh, my understanding, even after the South Carolina visit, Georgia, you know, knew it was getting down closer to crunch time and wanted to get in another visit, but Mississippi State was able to shut it down. I think that was the main thing. It was just the distance. He's, he's close to his family. Talking about a Mississippi kid um, has the chance, opportunity to stay close to home, and that's what won out. I think. I think that was really it. He had he had a really good visit. Uh, I just think South Carolina just wasn't close enough at the end of the day to his home. Yeah, home's nice. Makes sense. Want to uh, have your family give the opportunity to come see you play and all that good stuff. So, um, Janari Dean probably not going to factor into Carolina's plans, although he was on campus this weekend. So sorry that we're doing this on Tuesday because we kind of missed that. I, I, I said last night. I don't remember if I said Tuesday night. Today is Tuesday. So he committed to Mississippi State on Monday night, Monday, June the 17th. Um, all right, got a couple guys coming in for official visits, and there are a couple unofficial guys. You want to run through that real quick, and then we can recap those more extensively next week. Yeah, a uh, couple officials, uh, Joey Hunter, who's a guy who uh, picked up a camp offer from South Carolina uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess it was, uh, 
one of the earlier camp sessions. He's a really interesting prospect out of Georgia. Doesn't have a huge offer list. He's a low three-star guy. But we got the opportunity to watch him, too, and, and sort of get some of his testing numbers. He's got great size. You look at him, that jumps out. He's 6'1", 185. He's long. He's put together well. Um, he he covered pretty well from what we saw in one-on-ones, moved around well. He ran in the 4-5 range, and he vertical jumped 38 inches. So you're talking about a kid who's got, you know, some explosive ability, um, runs well enough, and, and is a great kid. And so they, they offered him at camp after seeing him. Uh, not even by the end of camp. They offered him sort of in the middle of camp. And um, he's a guy that picked up a Texas A&M offer shortly after South Carolina did. So he'll be in for an official this weekend. I think South Carolina is in pretty good shape there. We'll, we'll have to see how long he decides to prolong the process, see if any other offers come. A lot of times when South Carolina offers a defensive back, you see some piggyback offers. We saw that with, with A&M. So could that continue? Possibly so. Um Another really intriguing guy will be making an official too, Daywan McDougal out of Florida, out of Deerfield Beach. He's a guy South Carolina's been in on for quite some time. Um, Maryland probably is the leader right now, sort of by default. He's been there a couple times, a uh, couple times in the spring and summer. He visited Maryland, uh, but South Carolina is the one visit that I think a lot of people have been sort of anticipating. Um, he's been planning to get back to Columbia before the dead period starts, which starts on June 24th and runs for a month and he wants to make an August decision. So South Carolina probably is going to get one of the last visits, if not the last, before he decides. He's a slot-type receiver, which South Carolina has prioritized for a third wide receiver taking this class. He's someone that they've liked a lot. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that visit goes. Um, those are the two official guys, and then a, a big unofficial on Saturday is going to be Desmond Evans out of the high four-star uh, defensive lineman or buck candidate out of North Carolina. He's a guy that South Carolina has been battling UNC on. Um, they're heavily in the mix for him. Sort of hard to tell which direction it's going to go. Um, he's planning on taking some other visits as well, but South Carolina's had him on campus a bunch of times already and got to get him back this weekend again. You mentioned uh, Joey Hunter's official visit this week after picking up an offer in camp a couple weeks ago. And Before we use that to segue into a, a little bit bigger conversation about camp, I'm curious now because with Janari Dean coming in last week and with Joey Hunter coming in this weekend, do you have an idea how many more defensive backs Will Muschamp wants to put in this class? Is he just, because we have two, was he putting two in there hoping to get both of them? Was he putting two hoping to get one? Are there other guys that are on the radar that he's hoping to get still? Yeah, probably, you know, two, three more um, slots, just depending. And again, this is not, they don't want to get in a position where they're they're taking a guy just to take him. It's not a great defensive back class overall in in terms of South Carolina's recruiting region, guys that are attainable. Um, and so I think you're, that's why you've seen them in camp. You know, sort of be patient. Make sure you get the right guy. They always want to see guys in camp. So Joey's one. Um, Dominic Hill out of Florida is another one that I think they're in good shape with. May see him roll through camp uh, before June 22nd, which is the last day of camp. Be keeping an eye to see if that happens. You know, there's some other ones. Jacurius Conley out of North Carolina is one that we're continuing to monitor that should take an official to South Carolina um, in the fall, probably for the Alabama game. Um, and there's some others on the radar. But I would I would imagine probably two or three slots um, just with some of the other needs in the class is what you'll see. So when y'all were watching camp a couple weeks ago, we've had two weekends of camps now. Trenches last weekend, more skill position guys, I guess, two weekends ago. And then there was also seven on seven here in Columbia last Thursday through Saturday, I think it was. After two weeks of camp, 
what's caught your eye? Like, did you guys notice Joey Hunter when y'all were out there watching it, or was he playing on a different field and y'all just heard about him later? I don't even know how this thing works because there are a bunch of kids out there. Like, there are a tremendous amount of kids. You obviously can't get eyeballs on all of them. So I guess first I'll ask you what your approach is, and then we can talk about some specifics. Well, I, I think um, with Joey, it was kind of a thing. I mean, I always pay attention to who the coaches are sort of paying attention to. So um, if you see a DB and you see T-Rob sort of gravitating to him and then you see Muschamp watching him, you say, and then you look at him, you're like, okay, that guy's six one or you know whatever he is. You're like, okay, who is that guy? We need to watch that guy. And then you start to try to figure out who he is, where he's from, um, which um, – you know, we have a number of tactics to try to figure it out if we don't already know who they are. And then, um, you know, you sort of go from there. Then we'll make a post like, hey, this guy's here. We're watching him. And then a lot of times you can even almost predict it. Like um, we were watching that kid and we were like, okay, he's going to leave with an offer today. And then, you know, a lot of times they do when when you sort of – you can just tell. And uh, the coaches sort of gravitate to certain guys. You see him speaking to certain guys. And – um it is a lot of kids there, and I'm. Sh- I mean, I'm sure we miss guys too that we that we would want to see, just because um, there are so many kids there, and it's hard to identify them all. But um, but yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, it's it's an undertaking some days, but I, I like it. I think um, you know, seeing some young guys too is always interesting to me. The one of the things that stood out the most is the Greer duo, um, Raheem Jeter, who's a quarterback that's not even started his freshman year of high school yet and has an offer from South Carolina as well as Georgia and Missouri and what Auburn a uh, bunch of other teams um and then Jaleel Skinner his receiver who's a class of 2022 um that's already 6-5 and can go can go catch the football and and runs well a lot of guys that young that tall are just sort of uh almost like, baby like giraffes they yeah they're goofy they yeah. yeah they just can't move he has like his uh his body control um and just ability to um go catch the football and move well at that size is very impressive for a kid that age. Um I, I enjoyed watching those two guys in the seven on seven. Yeah, for sure. They're they're really impressive. I had someone come up to me at camp and say, Man, that kid that kid from uh kid from Greer is he looked pretty good. I said, Yeah, yeah, he did. And he sort of was asking about him. I said, You know, he's a freshman, right? Like he's going into his freshman year and he was just like dumbfounded. You know, um, he's not a finished product, you can tell, but, I mean, to be an eighth grader, basically, he, it's pretty remarkable. Um, he's he's really, really mature, you know, whether it's on or off the field. And, and Skinner, too, I was really impressed with that. Greer fans got to feel pretty good <laughs> for a few years, having those, having those cats around for, for a few more years. Um, they're going to be pretty good. But I think just in general, going back to sort of the camp approach, you know, the, the craziest time is a seven-on-seven, seven, you know, in the O-line, D-line camp because the lineman camp is across campus a little bit over at the uh, – we got to do a good job getting our sponsorships right. Craiger track Ooh, good pool. facility. And that's or, new as well. Or whatever it's called. It is new, and it's very nice. And um, they have some obstacles on that track too that um, you can you can trip over pretty easily. But we, <laughs> we go there – we went there in the morning Not and checked out names. some guys. Yeah, we won't name names. Uh and we, we try to check out some of those guys. It's a little bit more difficult at the lineman camp to actually, uh, unless you're there and sort of identify guys, if you get there just sort of in the middle, they're in camp T-shirts, shorts, and helmets the entire time. And so it's sort and there's a lot of people. <laughs> so it's really hard to figure out exactly what you're looking at. It's a little bit easier, whether it's just at regular camp or it's 
receivers and running backs and skill guys, linebackers. Um, and they still have linemen work out on the nine lineman camp days. You know, your general one day camps is really it's really all positions. Um, but linemen, there's a there's a mess of them. You know, on offensive defensive line days, and then you're bouncing back up over to the seven on seven, which is held everywhere from the stadium, the old practice fields, and new practice fields, and in the indoor. Um, so 36 teams, a lot of them going simultaneously. You can imagine there's a lot to try to find. And uh, a lot of talent rolled through. That that was one thing that really stood out to me is just it's a great way to see a lot of kids in a camp setting. Um, and not a, just from around here. I mean, there were teams from several different states. Yeah, I mean, Florida, Georgia. You see, there, there's definitely some strategy involved in it. You see some of the teams that South Carolina got on campus. You know, Camden County was one out of Georgia. They were on campus Thursday and Friday for both days. They brought an A team and a B team. They have two underclassmen that South Carolina has offered, and they happen to bring Micah Morris, um, who's a big-time 2021 offensive lineman that South Carolina has prioritized, and, and he happened to be on the trip as well, just hanging out for a couple of days. So there's some strategy involved in terms of putting eyeballs on some guys, just getting some guys on campus for visits, getting some stragglers who maybe aren't participating. Micah set out, set out even the lineman camp because he's got a hamstring injury right now that he's rehabbing. But uh, I think it's a good way – because not every school does a seven-on-seven. I think it's a really good way to to get a lot of talent on your campus. One of the other guys I wanted to ask you about, and this is now uh, two weeks ago when when Dodie was on campus, but I was curious y'all's thoughts actually getting to watch him toss the pigskin around to some other potential future Carolina receivers, guys like Bobo. Um, I guess you said, uh, who was it that uh, Michael Wyman didn't make it to camp two weeks ago, so we didn't get to see Dodie throw passes to him. But what were your impressions of maybe the future starting quarterback for Carolina. Yeah, he looked good as always. Uh, you know, I think Luke um, makes improvements pretty much every time you see him. We saw him, what, three times already in camp. Um, he uh, was there for a one day. Then Myrtle Beach actually competed both Thursday and Friday uh, for the 7-on-7. Seven seven. Uh, yeah, I mean, Luke's good. He, he makes all the throws. Uh, Dan Warner was right there watching him, you know, a bunch of games for 7-on-7. Seven seven. And uh, – you know, I think uh, Bobo, Daquan Stewart, I think is a, a really good player in his own right. Um, physical kid, will fight you for the football. I think I think plays a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, wants to prove he's a four-star guy. And, um, it, yeah, it was, it was good to see those guys together. I would have liked to have seen Wyman, you know, alongside Daquan Stewart and just sort of see how they compared and stuff like that. But, yeah, I think Luke – First of all, just leadership ability um, off the charts, athleticism, uh, throws a nice catchable ball. Um, his accuracy has gotten better over the years, I think, since you saw him like as a freshman. Um, but, yeah, and he, he's just – I think when Luke first started this process, you know, he, he was a kid. He was an athlete playing quarterback, and now you see he's, um, he's grown up. He's matured physically, and um, now he's a quarterback who's an athlete, I think. Anybody else in the last two weeks that's caught y'all's eye? I mean, I, I like Stewart, just to sort of go on that. Um, he, he caught my eye. Um, you know, a, a kid who's bigger. You know, he's probably a little bit bigger than you anticipate if you're just looking at pictures of him. Um, he's physical. I remember the last rep in camp he took. <laughs> I think it was the last rep of camp that particular day. Some kid challenged him. He had, he had some guys from Florida that were sort of uh, trash-talking him a little bit, and, and which he didn't take kindly to. 
And so he's wait sort of, defensive backs from Florida talking trash. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah, no way, right? Unprecedented. Yeah. Um, but but this one guy, and I don't know if this kid was from Florida or not, but he lined up against him, and and Stewart just sort of shoved him out of the way, uh, off the line, and the kid grabbed him. Stewart just shook him off, and then ran like a deep route and and caught the ball. Really, really nice catch. I mean, it was a contested catch as well, and and everybody was pretty quiet after that. But um, he, he's a competitor, you know, and I think that's something that they look for a lot is guys who will compete, and he certainly brings that. He's got good ball skills. Um, I think he's still somewhat raw, but he has a lot of tools that are really interesting, I think. So one more camp here in Columbia, and then you guys can take a much-needed vacation for, like, three hours, and then SEC media <laughs> days are going to be in, like, it feels like it's next week. It's not till the middle of July, but y'all have a little bit of time off. But uh, who's going to be around for this Wednesday to Saturday camp? Uh, starting tomorrow, and who are you most excited to watch? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you'll have another, and, and a lot of times it seems like we don't always know who's going to be there necessarily until we say, hey, who's that guy? I recognize him. But, um, you know, uh, committed guy, Lavasia Carroll is going to be back um, for the 22nd. Um, the quarterback from Georgia that they've offered, um, Colton, how do you say his last name, Chris? We're going to say, we do this every week. We yeah. Come up with- Colton Gothier, yeah, there you go. Would be a good guess. Yeah, Every, everything we like, most of what we do is either via like text or writing. So <laughs> you're not talking about the kids a lot of times. Um, so we don't. Always... That's why we do this because you guys need pronunciation practice. Yeah, this is for your benefit. But I'm I'm excited to see him. Um, you got some more guys. On yeah, the list? Tanner Bivens out of Georgia, who actually picked up an offer pretty recently, end of spring or early summer. But he's a 2021 offensive lineman out of Georgia. Um, he's another one that's going to be working out. So um, th- there'll be some guys in from Tennessee, another little group from Tennessee. We saw some of those guys from Tennessee at 7-on-7 seven seven the other day. So, uh, and, and there'll be a bunch. I guarantee, they'll, like Wes said, there'll be some names of guys. That, who is that? You know, or, or even guys that we know and just sort of recognize that'll be coming through. So um, be interesting. You know, with it being Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm sure we'll see a lot of guys. Also a specialist camp on Saturday. So lots That'll of snapping, kicking, and punting, and not that exciting, yeah. but could no. you know that's, that's but, important. Important, that's very important. Very um, important. Yes. By the way, bef- before we start to wrap it up, I th- and he doesn't fit in any of these uh, categories as far as visiting or camp or any of that stuff. We got to we got to talk about Tank Bigsby, right? Let's do it. I mean, sure. we got to have a Tank for talk. Tank talk. Um, what you got, Chris? On Tank? Yeah. Well, obviously, everybody's you know worried. This is something, I mean, I wrote about it this morning a little bit, Tuesday morning, in that, you know, it's big boy recruiting. So, Bigsby recruiting. It's Bigsby recruiting. So, when you, you know, if you're if you're recruiting a guy that's, and it's whether you're South Carolina, Georgia, whoever it may be, you're recruiting a guy, I think fans get frustrated sometimes if a guy's leaning to a certain school, and like Wes was referencing with Hemingway, if he doesn't commit. If he's taken too long, you know, quote unquote, um, if there's shifts, that's the way it is. These are tough decisions. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of good recruiters out there. There are a lot of really quality schools that are coming after these kids. And so with Tank, I think it's important. Tank or anyone else, you can't get too up or down every time he says something nice about another school or every time he's on another school's campus. Now, it's naive to say, you know, hey, he's been to Auburn a few different times in a week, a week and a half. You know, one of them was a seven-on-seven. One of them, he sort of went and hung out with a friend, and the other one was his official visit that was already planned. 
Um, so it'd be sort of silly to say, ah, oh, it's no concern, no problem. The, the Auburn has no chance. He's a lock for South Carolina. But he's been to South Carolina a ton, too. Um, there's still a lot of reasons to like where they stand as well. I think he's just sort of going through the process. And um, it, we knew – I mean, none of this is a surprise. We knew Auburn was going to make it tough, you know, on Tank. When that, ladies and gentlemen, is a veritable Chris Clark tongue-lashing. <laughs> Chill out. That's that's the message from Chris. That's that's as heated as you get. Is it? Okay. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. No, I, that, was, that was good, though. I that think No, I think, too, the point that you're making is that um, – these are these are good things. Like, yes, you if 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 teams aren't making it hard on you, then you're probably recruiting the wrong dudes. Like, um, from a big picture standpoint, yes, you're gonna get your under the radar guys. Yes, you're gonna get your camp guys to fill out a class. But you know, you need these upper level top guys. And um, you know, Marshawn Lloyd telling you know a reporter, hey, I I might look at taking some visits to somewhere else. <laughs> Um. Okay, that, that's. I mean, he's Marshawn Lloyd. He's one of the top running backs in the country. Um, you've already got him committed when nobody expects you to get him committed. Um, it you you don't. I, I think the the thing is you can't just go from, oh, we're gonna sign Tank Bigsby and Marshawn Lloyd, and then Tank takes a visit to Auburn. Marshawn says he might take a couple visits. Oh, we're gonna strike out at running back. Like you, you know, yeah, it's a leap. Yeah, like I, I, I love the passion because that's why we have a job. But I, I think there's a little bit of a um, adjustment to big boy recruiting and following it. In that, this is what you want. You want to be battling for these guys. So um, I think we got to remember that. I think you got to enjoy the ride. Um, Alabama misses on guys every year. Clemson misses on guys every year. Georgia misses on. You're going to miss sometimes, and, you know, I get it. It sucks. Uh, it's the end of the world for about 24 hours, but um, it's cool. It's cool. I promise. Think, cool. think about some of the guys that South, that South Carolina's landed, like, that turned the program's fortunes around. Some of them weren't huge, huge, huge recruiting wins, like Melvin Ingram when he committed. I mean, they probably beat, like, North Carolina on him, and everybody that knew Melvin and seen him play knew he was really good, but he still sort of flew under the radar. It's not like they beat – Alabama and 40 other schools for him. It just didn't happen that way. But you think about Jadavion Clowney, it goes all the way to February 14th. South Carolina was, for the most part, always in the lead. But they had to hold off a late push from Clemson. They had to hold off Alabama and a bunch of other ones. Number one prospect in the country. You think about Marcus Lattimore, who, as we know, all of us who know Marcus, he's not a, a big drama guy. You know, he <laughs> that's not, that's not who he the, is. Except for the hack. He, he did do the hat deal, which he, was great. He's entitled. He finally had yep. some fun with that part. You know, South Carolina was, for the most part, usually in a pretty good spot, but Auburn made it really, really tough. You know, even Oregon was in there. Penn State tried to make a play, and they had to wait a good while for Marcus Lattimore too. Um, Stephon Gilmore was a huge Clemson lean at one point. Some things changed with Clemson. Some things changed at Carolina. They ended up getting Gilmore in the class. So, you know, they're they're just. You go back and look, and it's not not at South Carolina, not at any school. Are you going to get? You know, everybody wants to sign a whole bunch of a, a slew of four and five stars. This is how it is. You know, it's there's going to be some guys that you get committed early. Zach Pickens committed last summer. wasn't a ton of drama in it. South Carolina grabbed the lead. They got him in the class early. No drama after that. But there's going to be some 
that commit, and then you have to read about, oh, I'm thinking about taking a visit. This school's continuing to recruit me. There are going to be some guys that South Carolina leads for, and you know what? They're going to lose that lead. There's going to be some guys they lead for, and they keep the lead, and they sign him. Just how it is. I'm really telling that you're a father. This is, this is awesome. This is great. I'm going to put some applause in here in post-production. This is like a real, a real good tongue lashing. Remember your place, Carolina recruiting followers. That's what this is. This is this is great. When y'all said, or Wes, when you said that we needed to talk about Tank Bigsby, I was like, oh shoot, was there like an update that I actually missed? Not an update, just just a reminder. Act like you've been there, people on the message boards. <laughs> I'm guess I'm guessing this is directed at like three people on the message boards. That seems like this is where this no, is coming from. I mean, I'm not. You know, everybody's entitled to like an opinion <laughs> on it. It's just like, you know. I mean, I blame Wes for it. He he got me going on it. <laughs> this is no, this is really great. I thoroughly I enjoyed did, this. Uh, I did like put that on the TV. Oh yeah, it. yeah. You uh, there a little bit. On <laughs> you you're egging him on, and I support that 100. Um, percent All right, we'll be back next week to talk about this last batch of campers and a mercifully lighter weekend of official visits. And like I said, then you guys can take a little bit of a breather before we get into real football season, which starts in the middle of July for SEC Media Days. I want to remind you guys again, rate, review, subscribe. That helps us out a lot. We'll talk to you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.